we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. And uh, this has a title. It's uh, The Temptation of Jesus. And it says in verse 1 there, And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Afterwards, he was hungry. Wow, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, uh, There's something urgent about this. He had just been baptized. He had just received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness. And in Mark, if you read the introductory uh, scripture in Mark, it says he was driven into the wilderness to meet up with the evil one. This, this is a scheduled tangle. This is a three-round heavyweight event. And uh, they're going to have it out here. And uh, this is something arranged by God, and the Holy Spirit led him into this situation. And it says uh, he was tempted by the devil. And we know that it says in James that God does not uh, ever tempt us. He does not uh, purposely lead us into temptation. That's the evil one. He allows the evil one to uh, tempt us. What we do with that is uh, a choice thing. But in this situation, this is, this is a setup. Jesus is going to be tempted seriously by the evil one, by the devil, it says here. And uh, we've, we've got this thing, this unusual thing. This is a setup by the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Father. And uh, you would think Jesus would be um, bulking up, carbo-loading, carbo it's hard to say, but that's what they used to say about uh, distance runners, that they were, you know, bulking up. They were getting ready to go. Football players do that. They're getting stronger and stronger. You know, they're working out, getting ready for the big game. And what does Jesus do? He goes into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Wow, that seems counterintuitive. That doesn't seem like a good way to tangle with the evil one and come out a winner. But we know this is a test. This is all about being tested. And God wants Jesus at a very weak position to see what he's really made out of in his flesh. This is a test of Jesus' flesh. Uh, his God counterpart's not going to have any trouble. You know, Satan is a created being. The God, God, Jesus, can take care of him. It's the element of his flesh that's going to have to be perfect to be presented on the cross as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. It can have no blemish. It can have no mar. It can't be out of the will of God. So this is the confrontation we're going to have right here. So Jesus is being drained of a certain amount of energy, and it says here that he was hungry, and I bet he was. And I, I can't go 40 minutes without thinking about the refrigerator. My wife says, I'm a great grazer, I'm a great forager. And today I was thinking about Jesus as I was uh, getting ready to give this message. And I, I told my son, Gabe was home, and I told Betsy, I said, I'm going to fast in preparation. I'm going to see if I can do it. So Gabe comes in, and his girlfriend made Buckeyes <laughs> and chocolate chip cookies. They're still there intact. Still there intact. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it's not, I had, a, I had a nice meal tonight. I did have a nice meal, but I made it past my refrigerator four or five times. 
and had nothing. So, But I'll tell you what was going on when I was doing that. It's really effective. I have not fasted a lot, but I've done it a few times uh, when I've really had some spiritual uh, things on my mind and some confrontations. And I found out that fasting is a reminder, especially for a guy that wants to eat every 40 minutes. I would get a little hungry, and the Holy Spirit would say, why are you fasting? Oh, I've got somebody on my mind. I need to be praying about them. And I would pray. And uh, I did a little study on fasting um, when I was preparing for this. And uh, Old Testament people fasted because uh, it was a fashionable thing to do. And Jesus said, when you fast, you know, don't look like you're fasting. Put oil on your face and everything. And uh, some of the Pharisees would, you know, look gaunt and everything. So I'm fasting, I'm fasting. Um, but I've found that it's a great reminder for me to do spiritual things. And I think that's what Jesus is about here. He, wants, he needs to be weak for the test, but he needs to be in the will of God. And I think every time he thinks about food, he's, what, what am I doing out here? What am I doing out here? I'm getting ready to be the perfect Lamb of God. That's going to go on to the cross. I need to be perfect here. I need to be perfect. So as he's fasting, he's thinking about the mission. He's thinking about the will of God. And he's also getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Satan's strategy. Satan's invited this thing. He's the contender. Um, he's been drawn into the wilderness for a purpose. And if he can score, game over. Game over. Um, I don't like to think about that. I don't know what the outcome would have been. Uh, Jesus is our champion. He came through. We know how this thing ends. Uh, but Lucifer's going to take uh, three good swings at him. And he's used a strategy in the past. And I just want to review that. And it's written down in 1 John 2.16. Uh, you don't need to go there. I'll read it here. And uh, this is John talking about the M.O. of the world and the evil one. And it says here, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but of the world. So we know that this situation that Satan is going to bring, and these are his three main tactics, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the world. This is... It is of the world, and it is not of the Father. Um, Satan used this thing in the garden, and it worked. And it worked. And I just want to review the, the three elements as Eve thought about those things. And uh, that's in Genesis uh, 3.6. And it talks about the serpent, and he's the craftiest one. And then there's the banter between the serpent and, and the woman, and she's being deceived. And then she looked at the fruit, and she saw, it says in 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate it. There were three things going on there of the world. It was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and it was able to make one wise. It had desirable characteristics. And we see that uh, Satan uses this set of tactics as a strategy uh, a number of times. He tripped up Adam and Eve with it. Uh, he got David with it as he looked on Bathsheba. If you read that account, these three things are very, very apparent. And 
it worked. Got David to sin, and it's not a good thing for the kingdom. So that's Satan once again uh, using these three tactics that have been very, very successful. And as we go through the temptations, keep that in mind. Which one's at work? Which one's going to work? Which one's he going to use first? Um, but he has an MO. He has a modus operandi. He does this thing. And I'll tell you, it works on me. It's gotten me a few times. And, uh, you know, it's, it's old stuff, but it's worked year after year after year for thousands of years. And we fall prey to it. So that's the strategy for Satan. Uh, what's God's strategy? God's got a strategy here for his son, for his lamb, for his sacrifice, for his one and only. And uh, God's strategy for Jesus to protect his flesh, to protect this thing that's going to hang on the cross and be sacrificed for us. It's going to give him the Holy Spirit. going to give him the Holy Spirit. And that just happened at his baptism. And there was a, a display of a dove coming down. And there was a voice said, this is my son. And I'm very pleased with him. And it was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit led him, led him to this thing. He said it was driven out to this confrontation. So he has the Holy Spirit. Um, he's fasting. And we, and we talked about fasting a little bit. He is making himself weak for the test. God wants that. He wants him to be weak to see if he can stand up under all the things he's going to come into in his ministry. All the swipes that Satan's going to take uh, at him as he is doing his Messiah ministry. So he's staying focused with the, uh, with the fasting. And the uh, Lord gave me this little line last night and I jotted it down. He, says, he said, fasting keeps your faith focused. Fasting keeps your faith focused. So that's why it's a good thing to do it. So a couple things going on there. Body's getting weaker. But the soul's getting stronger. Soul's getting stronger. Um, it's keeping him in the will of God. He's practicing the presence of God. And he's being obedient. He knows the whole plan. He knows what it's going to take. And this is the, this is the big test. He cannot fail. So the fasting is, is helping him quite a bit uh, spiritually. And he has the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit is big on this thing too. The Holy Spirit says... One of the offices of the Holy Spirit is that he's a teacher and he will bring scripture to our remembrance when we need it. And that's, that's a great thing. And he's going to do that to Jesus, although Jesus has a great memory and he wrote it. But it's the office of the Holy Spirit to bring that to our remembrance when we need it. So what, what a great element. Um, he's got the word and the Holy Spirit brings us to our remembrance. Uh, it's more powerful than any two-edged sword. That's what he's going to use against the evil one. And, you know, that's biblical speak, and I, I think it's like an assault rifle. That's, that's how powerful it is. That might be the modern parlance for the power of the Word of God, and it's the power of salvation of those who believe. Certainly Christ is, is believing all through this thing. And another thing about the Word, it's everlasting. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So it has an enduring quality, and Jesus is going to use it extensively. Um, guess what? Does all that sound familiar? That's what God's given us. Those are the elements that God has given us to tangle with the evil one. Jesus is using that to protect his flesh, and that's what we got too. That's what we have. We have the Holy Spirit. 
We have the Word of God, and we can fast, and we can fast. So these three, three things are what we can use against the evil one, and that's what Jesus is going to use. So, you know, he's just like us. He's been tempted in every way, and he has the same tools, and we have the same tools that Jesus used against the evil one. So let's go on and uh, look at these temptations and see how Jesus confronts the uh, tempter himself. And uh, just let me run on to the situation here. I'm going to start in the first verse. And Jesus was led up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Be tempted by the devil. It was a scheduled thing. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, take these stones and make them into bread. Um, Man, did he have it right. Was he hungry after 40 days and 40 nights? I bet he was real hungry. But he had a retort. He had something that he wanted to say. And he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And here, he was immediate with that. He didn't do what... Eve did. He didn't get into a little discussion with the great deceiver. He didn't say, you know, he said, if I'm the son of God, I I am the son of God, and I'm going to make these stones into a German chocolate cake. And Satan could have said, get real. Come on. You're the son of God. What you going to do? He said, I'm going to make it into a graduation cake. And this thing could have progressed to the point where it's so luxurious. Jesus said, that looks so good. I'm going to eat it. He didn't mess around with Satan. He said what he needed to say, and the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, gave him these words. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he's getting spiritual strength to fortify his body. He's got the order right. He's getting spiritual strength to fortify his body. And he knows that the spirit is much more important than the body. Because he's going to hang that body on the cross. We're going to, our body's going to die and decay. Someday it'll be glorified, but the body we see now is, is going away. What's the important part in us? It's our soul. It's our spirit. It's what's quickened by God. And I always think of the situation where the four friends brought the paralytic in, and they couldn't get in, but they really wanted to see Jesus, and they went up on the roof, and you know the story. They dug the tiles away, and they lowered their friend down right in front of Jesus, and Jesus was impressed with their faith. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, son, we got to get you signed up for some therapy. The legs are in bad shape. We're going to, Tuesday, you're going to go over to Old Grove, and they're going to start working. They're going to get you up and around. You're going to be on the walker pretty soon, and then it's going to be the crutches going to be up and going. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. He needed to get to that spiritual problem right away. And he got to the physical because the room was full of Pharisees and they were all thinking, well, who is it who can uh, forgive sins but God alone? So Jesus said, I'll show you I'm God. So he said to the man, pick up your pallet and go home. And he did. Proof positive that he had power to forgive sins because he could make that man get up and, and walk and go home. That's, that's a God-like kind of thing. So if you can do that, I bet he can forgive sins. So he's talking about the spiritual thing. I need to be living by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And that keeps him on track for the cross. 
That keeps him in the will of God. Now, if Satan can get him to drift out of the will of God, he's got him going. He's got him going. But he didn't. He didn't do any banter. He didn't look at the fruit. He didn't think about it. The Holy Spirit said, go with the word. He gave him the word. Temptation won over. Victory, Jesus. Guy's been fasting for 40 days, 40 nights, took the first lick and won. Made it look easy. Let's look at the next one in five. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, the dare again, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. And this is Psalm 91, 11. But there's something missing here. There's a little phrase in there, right? This is how it should read if you go to Psalm 91. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. This is talking about being on the path with God. This is talking about obedience. This is talking about a reward for obedience. The angels will protect you. They'll keep you away from the stones where you dash your feet. His angels will have charge over you, and your path will be smooth. He leaves this little little part out about all your ways, and it turns into, hey, if you jump off this pinnacle, the angels will catch you. And it's in the temple, and it's Herod's temple, and it's one of the seven wonders of the world, and there's a pinnacle on one of the corners. And they estimate that the pinnacle was 150 feet high on one side down to the Gentile court. And there's always people in the court. This is the temple of God. They come for fellowship. They come for the sacrifices. They come to see people. There are people inside the temple. There are people outside the temple. This pinnacle is, I can't tell you which direction it is, but on the other side, it goes down past the Wailing Wall, clear to the base uh, in the valley, and that's almost 300 feet. And there are people down there too. And what Satan is about here, he says, you want to draw a crowd and be famous right now? You want to skip the cross and just get some notoriety right here? You just jump right off of there and do what this thing says, and God will catch you with his angels. If you're the son of God, just go right ahead and do that. Forget that cross thing. That's going to be hard. You just jump off of here, and like this says, the angel will catch you. You'll make a soft landing. All those people in the Gentile court will run over and say, aren't you that guy from Nazareth? You've been healing people up there in the north. I think you, could, you ought to be king right now. Anybody that can do that ought to be king. Let's get you on the throne. Let's get these Romans out of here. You're the guy. But that's not what that's all about. That's not what that's all about. Jesus had a messianic commission, and God said, this is what you're supposed to be doing on earth, and this is what I want you to do. And that's found in Isaiah 62, and it says that your mission is to preach the good news to the poor in spirit, Give sight to the blind, heal the lame, heal the sick. That's what I want you to do. This is your commission. It's full of grace. It's full of mercy. It's full of compassion. That's what God's all about. You don't need to be jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. We don't need any circus stunts here. You will gain notoriety by your mercy and your grace and your compassion. And you'll be doing some good for God. So uh, what is the retort? What does uh, Jesus say? Uh, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
So Jesus goes for it. He goes up there, and he's getting ready to jump off, and God looks down and says, oh, no, oh, no, he's way out of my will. Hey, angels that were going to catch him call Jerusalem 911 right now because we're going to have a mess in the Gentile court because Jesus just walked out of my will. Messy, real messy. But Jesus headed that off with the Word of God. Holy Spirit says, go with the Word of God right now. Boom. Talk to him. Tell him what you're thinking. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. It's the truth. Jesus doesn't want to be out of the will of God. Do we want to be out of the will of God? No, we don't want to be out of the will of God whatsoever. Don't put God to the test by doing things that you don't have a peace about, doing things that are foolish, walking out of the will of God. Very, very dangerous. Would have been very dangerous for Jesus, of course, because he can't, he can't look away. He's got to stay on track. He's up against a very powerful adversary. He cannot stray at any time. He's weak from 40 days of not eating. He goes right with the word, and it works. So what a great plan. What a great plan. Holy Spirit's working with him. The fasting's working because he's on track. He's thinking about God. And uh, round two, over. Score another one for Jesus. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you ahead of time, this is not a split decision. No. Let's, let's look at this next one. Oh, boy, got to hurry up. Uh, Jesus said to, uh, nope, I'm in eight. Again, the devil took him up to an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Ooh, outright sin, outright sin. Mm. Jesus, hang on here, man. So they're up there. And they're looking around, and it's kind of like Moses looking into the promised land. He wasn't going to go in, but he had a nice view. And he probably saw Egypt and all the riches of Egypt, and they were a glorious kingdom. God took that one out because they were idolatrous, but glorious. He saw Babylon, Babylon, glorious kingdom, Persia, Greece, Rome, maybe uh, England, maybe that huge empire, maybe America. Maybe he went that far in the future. You know, it's, uh, it's nothing for those guys. So uh, look at all that splendor. That might, that might be lust of the eyes. Look at that stuff. All this could be yours if you would just bow down and worship me. And that violates a couple of the Ten Commandments. This is outright Jesus' sin. Game over if this thing works, you know, for Satan. It's, it's the biggie. It's the temptation to, for outright sin. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit said, okay, we need, we need some scripture here. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He had to, he had to shoo Satan out of there because this was a call to actually sin. And Jesus said, just get, get out of here. It's written, I'm going to only worship the Lord and serve him only. And the devil left him. And behold, the angels came and ministered to him. And I bet he had the biggest ham and cheese ever. Well, he's a Jewish kid. He couldn't have ham and cheese. Sorry. Sorry. I bet he had the kosherest Reuben you ever saw. Put another dill on that, baby, because we're chowing down. God will tell him when to eat, and he hung in there for the right time. He stayed the course, even though he was tremendously weakened uh, with the 40 days and 40 nights, and slammed into Satan, who wants desperately to send us all to hell. And in this life, do all kinds of nasty things to us. That is his MO. That's what he wants to do. 
do we have a champion in heaven at the right hand of God? The whole church said, yes, we do. We certainly do. Adam and Eve had everything you could have. And uh, the crafty old serpent, he starts up a little conversation with Eve. Adam doesn't step in and say, no, no, don't talk to him. And she looked at the fruit. It was good for food. Yeah, I like that. It was pleasing to the eye. That would look good on my dinner table. And it's good to make one wise. I'll be the smartest kid on the block. Let's eat. Boom. And instantly, she knew the difference between good and evil. She had been good, and she looked at her body and said, I know what evil is. Let's cover it up. So we do have a champion. He's at the right hand of God. He's our Savior. We're going to see him pretty soon, I think. So let's give him another round of applause because he did it all for us. <laughs> Hung in there. Hung in there. 8 o'clock, we're going to pray. We're going to set the kids free in the back, and we're going to go home. Lord Jesus, you are our champ. You are, wow, I just, I, I can't imagine what you went through. And you, you stood your ground. You listened to the Holy Spirit, and you got him. You got him with the Word of God. We got all that stuff, Lord. We need to use it. We need to use it. Remind us to use it, Lord. Uh, maybe a little more fasting for us, Lord Jesus. It, it seems to be very effective. Coach us to do that. Lord, I thank you for the folks here. Um, touch their hearts with this Word, Lord. Uh, give James and Dawn and the kids just a great week, Lord. They got, got some left. I, if day trips, they want to do that. Give them great weather, Lord. Lord, you are our champion. You're our Savior. You're our God. We love you very much. We ask it all in your name. Amen.